Welcome to the Prophecy Club. I just counted them up. Wednesday, I made a two-hour video giving you 33 reasons why you should come to the Sevenfold Miracle Crusade. Thirty years ago, God began giving me prophecies saying that one day He's going to use me to win thousands upon thousands of souls to His kingdom, including an audible voice, a vision, a dream, six prophetic words, 33 in all, and I believe that I have been directed to organize a meeting to release sevenfold miracles. We're asking those who believe in the warning given to Dimitri Dudeman that America is the mystery Babylon, willing to sow a key of David's seed, commit to a three-day consecutive fast, and believe in the end times to come to this crusade. During this crusade, we're asking people to walk the steps of Moses by observing Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, which is April 19 to 22. We believe that once we have fasted, sown the key of David, and opened the doors and followed the steps of Moses, God is going to release the sevenfold miracles like no person or angel in human history has ever seen. If you want to attend, register at sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. There are only 500 seats available. We expect to have several thousand wanting to come. That's sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. Register while there are still seats available. sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. If you've been listening to the Prophecy Club for a while, you've probably heard me quote some amazing prophecies, and you probably thought, man, I'd like to have a copy of those prophecies. I put together my selection of the most quoted speakers we've had at the Prophecy Club, and by getting this offer, you will have the most important information from 25 years, 160 guest speakers that have made 330 DVDs, in my opinion. It's called Stan's Quote Material. The first one is The Storm Judgment Revival. You've heard me say Shane Warren many times. Revelations for the Midnight Hour, Maurice Scalar. I Saw the Dollar Dead, Daniel Davis. The End of Times, Augusto Perez. Will You Survive America's Fall, Doug Metzger. Catastrophe Meteor Tsunami Earthquake, Ephraim Rodriguez. Meteor Destruction of America by me. And the most important one, Wake Up America by Dimitri Dudeman, and a book called Prophecies of the Fall of America. That's nine DVDs, one book, valued $280 for a gift of just $75. That's right, $280 worth of material, nine DVDs in a book for $75. And it's called Stan's Quote Material. You get it at prophecyclub.com. Stan's Quote material. I would even say Stan's favorite quote material. You want the best information? You get this offer. Stan's quote material. Nine DVDs and a book. $280 value for $75. Prophecyclub.com. Today we're going to listen to Revelations for the Midnight Hour by Maurice Scalar. Uh, it was a testimony of my life for the different myths, for different hidden deeds of love and sacrifice that I did that nobody saw some of them times and and it somewhere in the future i hadn't even lived them yet you know but i saw that everything was was recorded and as i listened to the 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 different melodies i would be pulled into and i'd watch like i was standing there i would watch what i did and god the music was and at the same time even though we were sitting i was sitting next to the lord in a box seat <laughs> I know that sounds, I'm not making this up. This really happened to me. Yeah, sure. Well, all right. No, it really did. Because I was healed deep inside. 
At the same time I was experiencing this, I was on my face in the throne room in ecstasy, worshiping God and crying and laughing and, and something deep inside me was healed. The greatest thing about my uh, heaven is you don't have to hide. You, you see on this earth, you never know where the, someone's gonna turn on you or you, you're like always, oh my God, you know, you're always on the defensive. There, you can be yourself. Nobody will attack you. There's no bad word. There's no, there's no hurt. There's no malice. There's no pain. There's no tears. It's perfect. So that something, I, I felt an acceptance. And since I battle with depression my whole life, it, uh, it, something deep in me was healed. And I'll never be the same. And, and the healing anointing is dramatically increased. I've seen so many miracles in the last two years and people because it's like I'm able to minister healing out of that broken area now. Then after that, I went to another place that looked like it was a massive structure, but it looked temporary. In heaven, everything is, is, you know, majestic and eternal. But this building looked very functional, like our modern warehouse. And as I suddenly went up really high into the, <clears throat> like a catwalk, and I'm on this huge, massive floor, I look and see, and there were, there were, um, there were, uh, clothes, it looked like 12, it was clothing racks stretched as far as I could see, like, you know, clothing rack. But these were mantles. They had, they, and I recognized that same mantle of Elijah, you know, on it. But, but each of them were identical in their row, but they were all different. They were all, and as I looked closely, I realized, oh, that's the same flag I saw, the 12 tribes. The Lord says, these are prepared for your people in the final hour, they shall go forth and minister 12,000 from each tribe. And, and then as soon as I saw that, I wasn't there anymore. Then we were in front of another. I'm going very fast. I'm trying to go fast, at least. Uh, you can read more detail in this uh, on my website. But uh, the next place I went to was maybe perhaps, uh, well, it was a much more permanent building, it was looked like kind of like Versailles, you know. I mean, a long palace stretched as far as I could see again, and in it were mantles of those from Adam all the way to the end times, all the way to the return of the Lord. These spiritual clothing that great men and women of God wore that walked with God, and it was in chronological order. And I was able to see some of them. I didn't see all of them. I saw. And I recognize I'm not able to talk about specifics, except I learned a lot. And when we got to the end of this long hall, uh, there were three, there were three mantles on the wall. And they were, one had a, uh, on the left, it was looked like kind of a brown plain robe, and it had a, uh, it was suspended over what, one of those old fashioned looking scales. The Lord said, do you know what this is? I said, no, sir, what is it? Uh, and he told me, he said, this was the mantle that Moses wore. And he wouldn't say, your people, when your people received my law. So that was the, I said, well, because of the symbol of the law was there. Then on the, then I was drawn to the, the right side, and it was this really the, the most, I, I, it didn't look good at all. It looked like this, it looked like a bear rug that was dirty, was like it really ugh, it didn't look good at all and he says do you know what this is i said no sir what is it he said this is the mantle that 
This is the clothes that Elijah wore. The actual, the, the hairy garment that he wore. I said, wow, is that so? Yes. And then all of a sudden I look in the center and the highest one was this, it was, it looked like solid diamonds. It was a beautiful robe, solid diamonds. It was suspended really high in the air. And I mean, the highest of any of the mantles. And at first it was just bright. But then as I looked at it, it got brighter and brighter and brighter until every one of those diamonds was like a sun. It was blinding. And I fell on my face and I, I couldn't look anymore. And then it went back down and in intensity and it was just bright, shining, beautiful. Millions of diamonds look like, except it's prettier than a diamond. I don't know what it is. It's a stone of heaven. And, 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 and he said, do you know what this is? And I knew it had something to do with the Lord. I said, no, sir, what is it? It's, he said, this is the, the robe that I will wear when I return to the earth. For I shall be clothed. And he quoted me, the word of, I, the word, the word of God. I, sh, I, it, and it will be dipped in blood. And, and the Lord, so he said, this is yet to come. I said, whoa. And then I wasn't there anymore. And he says, there's one more place I want you to see. And he said, this, very few have seen this on the earth. I said, oh, I, I felt very humble. I mean, I know one thing for sure. It has nothing to do with anything I did. I tell you, it's all God's mercy and grace, everything. But he said, you must tell my people that I'm coming soon. All is now ready. And he actually said to me, he said, all of heaven is on its feet. He says, we are ready to come. And then he said this to me, and I at first it was very puzzling. He says, I don't know when it is. It could be at any moment. I said, surely you know. He says, only the Father knows. He said, all is now ready. Tell them that I'm coming and my reward is with me. So then finally, we stood in front of this beautiful, probably the most majestic of all of the buildings I had seen. And it really did. It looked like, it looked like a cathedral and it looked like the Hall of Versailles because it was long also, a long hallway. Now this, it was about, it was about twice as wide as this is here, maybe 40 or 50 feet, something like that. And the, the, the doors opened and there was gothic, you know, that it was, they, they just opened and we walked in and it was the most beautiful marble floor. It was, uh, and, and then my, it was like the Lord was leading me. I looked to the left and I saw on the left a small table that was in black velvet and it was a gold table that was draped black velvet. And on that table was a crown. And then I looked up and the, the ceiling was arched like this. Right? I look up and there are the most beautiful paintings of that person that I'd ever seen. The most beautiful painting. I mean, it was like Raphael and Michelangelo. They were painted. And he said some of these were painted by the great artists here. Some were painted by angels and some were painted by me. I painted some of them. I said, oh. And these paintings were very special because each one represented, the, was like, sometimes there was 10 great deeds that were done by that person. These were the crowns of the overcomers. This is the hall of crowns, he said. And on each side, there was a crown and on a table. And every 10 to 20 feet, there was another table. And then, and some of the crowns were not that elaborate. Some of them were just bursting with, with 
jewels, colored gemstones, jewels. Some of them just had solid diamonds that looked like diamonds that went up like in a flare. Like one of them was like eight feet. I mean, it looked just huge. Just that same kind of diamonds I saw on the, the robe of Jesus. And he said, do you know what these diamonds are? Of course, I said, no, sir. What are they? And he said, diamond, diamonds, he, there's another name for it. I don't know what it is, but it, they're, diamonds are nothing compared to these. These are like, wow. He said, they represent souls. These are soul winning, winners crowns. They're different kinds of crowns. And some of them, the molt, the color gemstones, different colors, were like beautiful red. And again, the, the stones, if you looked at them, would pull you in and you would, you would actually see what it was they did. The color gemstones represent great acts of love and sacrifice for the master and for the kingdom. And he said, everything that you do in love is recorded and rewarded. So we went through quite a few. And again, there was an order to them, historical order. I didn't see, I didn't see that many. I saw some from different time periods. Then the greatest part of this, there was a, a wing or a hallway that, that went out to one side. And it had a, a red, it had a red, it had like a red border to it. But also, it, and it's, it was the Hall of Martyrs, the Martyrs' Crowns. They were the most beautiful crowns, the most beautiful crowns. And each one of these crowns had a red band on the, on the, uh, the bottom of them. And some of them were elaborate, some were very plain. The most beautiful crown that I saw was a real plain one that it looked like it was made out of wood or something. It didn't look fancy at all. But I looked at it and, and I burst into tears. I just, and you don't just cry there. You, you cry floods of tears. You just cry, cry. And I noticed the Lord was crying too. Just, I felt so overwhelmed with the love of God. And he said, I said, I said, who is this? What is this? It's so beautiful, but it's, it, it's not. He said, this is one of my faithful pastors. This is a shepherd's crown. This is, he was not known on earth, but he is, he is, he kept, he kept his sheep. He was faithful. So, and, and this, and then, but the martyr's crowns were the most glorious of all. And, but I saw two or three that were more beautiful than any work of art I've ever seen on the earth. I can't even describe it to you. And the band around the bottom was solid, looked like rubies, just solid, just packed with just gemstones of rubies. And, and one of them was not even someone we would think was a believer. It was a rabbi in the, in the Middle Ages that suffered all the way to death, crying the Shema while he was being tortured. And there were others, but these great, great, see, what's rewarded in heaven has, we, we have such a warped idea. We have no idea what matters is totally different. So the Lord said, he turned to me and he was very stern and he said, tell my people I'm coming soon and my reward is with me. Every act that you do for the kingdom of God is like you're loving Jesus. Every time you deny yourself, every time that you, you, you give the love of God in some form to another, another soul, these hidden acts of obedience are the most precious things. That's what makes you great in the kingdom of God. 
And then I was back in my room again. I want to talk to you about something practical now. And I want to talk about watch and pray. Spiritual fitness for the midnight hour. This is the greatest need that we have. And in Luke 21, verses 34 through 36, it is written, And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting, that's Old English for overeating, and drunkenness, and cares of this life, and so that day come upon you unawares, for as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore, and pray always, that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass, and to stand before the Son of Man. Now, a lot of people go, escape. Well, you know, I, you know how I feel about it, but you know what, even if it's endure, we... The important thing in this passage is watch and pray always and that you may be accounted worthy to stand. Everybody look at the word stand, not escape. Look at the word stand. To stand before the Son of Man means that you're standing without shame and you're standing, uh, you're standing as an overcomer because you cannot stand in God's presence unless He is smiling at you and saying, good, well done, good and faithful servant. Tell you what, the fear of the Lord is one of the greatest treasures you can possibly... The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So important. Now, that word watch is a military word. It's actually a period of time. There's, I think, four watches in the 24-hour period. A watch is a a watchman's on the wall. And, you know, how goes the night, O watchman? You know, all is well, you know, like the Shakespeare. (laughs) But it, it, it watch is a military word. We are called to be watchmen to, to, to stand our, our post and our sphere of influence and pray and bring victory to our world. Bring the light into the darkness. That's a war. That's a war. We're called to war on our knees, if you will. Pray always is, Paul said, pray without ceasing. Now, how do you pray without ceasing? Well, God knew that what a mess we were in. And he knew, I better come and move in myself and just move in with my language and I'll just pray through them. If they'll just open their mouth and move their tongue in faith, I will provide the language. So by God's grace for the last nearly 30 years, if I haven't spoken to somebody from the time I wake up till the time I go to sleep, I am praying in the Spirit. That is what Paul means by pray without ceasing. If you want God's best for your life, shut this thing down and pray. Let your heart pray. Pray with my spirit. Pray pray with my understanding also. This will birth the the high priestly prayer of Yeshua himself. God will pray his perfect will for you. How would you like God to pray through you perfectly? Your place in his plan that is hidden in a mystery, you have to pray in the spirit. If you don't, you're, you're destined to live a, 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 a dead, religious, dry, unrewarded life. Live by your wits. That's most of the denominational realm. But we're not... God is not a mind, he is a spirit. Let him out. Pray without ceasing. And then stand before the Son of Man. I said, stand before him without shame, saying, I have finished my course like Paul did. Now there's a crown waiting for me. Now, the most precious thing you have isn't your IRA. It isn't your billions of dollars in the Swiss bank account. It's not It's not uh, even your family or your your 
your BMW or your Volkswagen Beetle or whatever. It's not things. It's not temporary. The most precious thing you have, the thing we have, is time. Time is the most precious thing you have. Now, do you want to become great in God's kingdom? Listen to me. What must you do? The first thing, radically simplify your life. Eliminate everything that God has not told you to do. Stop trying to please people. Stop trying to make your family happy. Stop trying to make your church happy. Stop trying to be somebody important. Stop trying to make money. What do you mean? I'm supposed to make money. No, you're supposed to seek first the kingdom and these things will be added to you. But it's okay to work if that's where God wants you, but then that's your ministry, okay? Things. Now, I'm talking about radical right now, okay? All right. Now, let's say this together. Spend time with God. Let's say it again. Spend time with God. That's it. I could just say those four words and go home and you'd, you'd bear some fruit in your life. Now, what I do in my life, because God has called me, I'm a Levite, okay? I'm, I'm a full-time guy. I'm not called to, to be in the marketplace or whatever. I'm a, I actually am a Levite. My mother's side, I'm, is a, but, but I'm, a, you know, I'm called in this way. We have to determine what we're called to do. We all have different worlds and different places in God's kingdom. But I spend half of my day with God. You wondered how I wound up this way? That's how I did. I spend half of my day doing my best to love and serve people. Why? Because the new covenant has only two things. Hey, be thankful. The new covenant's a lot easier. Take it from a Jewish boy. (laughs) You don't have 613 things to do. You have two things to do. Love God and love people. So I figured, you know what? I'm going to take that all the way out. Extreme. Extreme sports. Extreme walk with God. Extreme. I'm extreme. Okay? But you know what? I'm going to be rejoicing forever. If you want, if you want to invest yourself in, you talk about an investment, this is it. Time! Time. (laughs) Those are the two commands in the new covenant. Love God and love people. So, develop devotional habits. Devotional habits were creatures of habit. Human beings. We can create good habits as well as bad habits. Devotional, good devotional habits keeps us away from, listen, this is important. Keeps us away from deception, our flesh overtaking us, from compromise and distractions. By the way, to do this, you'll have to go to war to do it. Every devil in hell will, will fight you to stay out of this. This is how you really get the mother load. I'm telling you, this is it. Three areas of devotional activity. I have found over 25 years that these three areas I orbit around. Kind of like a planet orbits around the sun. I orbit around these. I don't always do them exactly the same way. I'm led by the Spirit. I do it based on hunger and on love. Okay? Not law. But the Word, speak the promises of God daily. I spend about an hour speaking the promises of God. I listen to and meditate on the Bible day and night. You want to... That, that's... The Word has to go you. Constant flow. Pray in the Spirit in tongues as much as you can. Worship in private. My violin playing is worship. I'm a worshiper. And then finally, lead a fasted life. Don't give your flesh everything it wants. <laughs> and then you'll, it, you know, it, it's always wants more. So don't give it everything it wants. Fast in your life. 
fasting is important. Not just food, but, but everything. Now, I tell people, where's a good place to start? Why you tithe your finances, maybe. Then tithe your time. Your most precious thing. Give your first fruits to God. A good starting place. If you have 24 hours in a day, give your best two and a half hours to the Lord. What? Two and a half hours? I only do 15 minutes. Well, that's why you're in the state you're in. That's why you're such a mess. God wants to clean up your mess. He wants to make you, make you fruitful. Spend time with God in those three areas. Worship in private when no one's looking. God will reward you openly. Oh, it's a, such a secret. You mentioned that on the radio. Finally, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You must give your life to him. Open your heart. If you're listening to this and you don't know the Lord, you've never given your heart to him, it's time for you to repent and turn to him. Just pray with me, Lord Jesus. I believe you are the Messiah. Thank you for coming to this earth and dying on a cross for me. I am a sinner, Lord. I have fallen short. I have done wrong. Please forgive me. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Change me. I can't change myself. Make something beautiful of my life. I surrender all to you now. I receive you as my Lord, as my Savior. Thank you. You rose again and paid the price that I may go to heaven. Keep me, O Lord, unto your heavenly kingdom. Amen. Let's give you my appreciation. God bless you, brother. I'm going to interrupt the broadcast right there. Thirty years ago, God began to give me prophecies saying that one day he was going to use me to win thousands upon thousands of souls to his kingdom, including an audible voice, a vision, a dream, and six prophetic words. I believe that I've been directed to organize a meeting to release sevenfold miracles. We're asking those who believe in the warning given to Dimitri that America is the mystery Babylon, willing to sow a key of David's seed, willing to commit to a three-day consecutive fast, and believe we are in the last days to come to this crusade. During this crusade, we're asking people to walk the steps of Moses by observing Passover, Unleavened Bread, and First Fruits, which is April 19 through 22. We believe that once we have fasted, sown the key of David, opened the doors, and followed the steps of Moses, God is going to release the sevenfold miracles like no person or angel in history has ever seen. If you want to attend, register at sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. There are only 500 seats available. We expect to have several thousand wanting to come. That's sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. Register while there are still seats available. sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. I just posted a 16-page newsletter, our largest and most important newsletter in 25 years. It gives you in writing all the prophecies, dreams, visions, and audible voices I've received over the last 30 years telling me to organize this sevenfold miracle crusade. It'll put you in tears. Frankly, it'll put you in tears. You can download it for free at prophecyclub.com. Prophecyclub.com. In 2017, I memorized the book of Revelation just as a simple project. 
Surprisingly, I began to receive information on 30 revelations and two visions beyond what is found in the Bible. God showed me a secret door, which is based upon a single word found in Revelation and Leviticus, linking the feasts to the prophecies. When linked, a person enters into an understanding of Bible prophecy not previously known. Even though I've been in the world of Bible prophecy for 40 years, frankly, I did not know anything of what is in this book. One prophetic word described it this way. There is a lock that I have put over a word in the book of Revelation that I'm going to open to you. It will turn so many books written on the end time message into obsolete books. That's this book. Topics are Jesus returns on what feast? The secret of the feasts. Who are the two witnesses? What is the morning star? The judgment seat explained. The great white throne explained. The nations explained. What is the shout? And the parables explained. Seals, trumpets, and vials go in what water? Two amazing prophecy charts on the back flap, 12 inches by 9 inches. Imagine a book on prophecy that brings a fresh, new, accurate perspective. I don't want you to get one book for $20. I want you to get five books for $30 or 10 for $55. It's called The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy, available at prophecyclub.com. The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. One for 20 No, 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 don't do that. You want to get five for 30 or the best deal, 10 for 55 prophecyclub.com.